welcome to another episode of Appalachian Monsters and Mysteries. I'm Belle. And I'm Michael. Yeah, Miley's not here, guys. Um, Miley's currently in college. I'll go into that in a minute. But today we have Michael Ham with us. Well, Miley's missing. If you have any information <laughs> regarding her whereabouts, please uh, send them in a $5 donation to my mailbox. I will not follow up on it. <laughs> At least at WVU. I probably shouldn't Allegedly. say where she's at. Jesus. Allegedly. She really will be me. missing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, Miley, that I just gave out your location on our podcast. I end up doing that all the time. But this is Michael Ham. He is a good friend of the pods, one of my best friends. And I'm so happy to have him here talking about the Mad Butcher with us. Yeah, I literally remember being in my house listening to the Mad Butcher hearing them go, this is so disturbing. This is so dark. And I was like, yeah, it really is. This is kind of intense. And I texted Belle and I said, this was like months ago. <laughs> I said, I said, Belle, I need to know. And she said, next week, Michael, it'll be out. Here we are. Um, so if you want to skip five minutes ahead, I'm about to give a brief reason why we were not around for two months. So if you want to just skip five minutes, we'll probably be into the episode by then. So we were... Been gone for two months. My life has been crazy. My life back to college at a college that I will not disclose, even though I disclosed it earlier. <laughs> um, but we have been gone. My life has been a wild ride, but we're back now. Um, I've gotten super into cults lately. I started one. Just kidding. No, I didn't. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. But we will be... Our Patreon will... We're working on that right now. We're working on all our other projects that I previously mentioned, but we are officially back every Monday for your viewing and listening entertainment. That didn't last five minutes, but there you go. Uh, also, I'm not sick. I just haven't had a voice for three weeks because I've been listening to All Too Well by Taylor Swift, the 10-minute version. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I really just don't have a voice. But now we can right. actually get into right. the episode. <laughs> um, right. So this is The Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run Part 2. Finally. Yeah. Uh, in our last episode, which came out like two and a half months ago, we discussed all 13 of the victims that the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run but butchered. Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't know any other way to say that. Um, today, we will dive into the whodunit of it all, as well as the seven other possible victims that this guy actually killed. Oh. Yeah. So he really went on a killing spree uh but we're gonna start with how elliot ness head investigator kind of lost his mind that is the main well, he was kind of doing weird stuff in the last episode yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. and i'm really about to dive into how crazy he actually went two days after the man's head was found wrapped in a quilt not far from elliot elliot ness's window mr ness decided to take justice into his own hands he was joined by 35 police officers as they raided kingsbury run in the middle of the night around 1 a.m to be exact 11 squad cars three fire trucks and two police vans um so they started at the northmost part of kingsbury run and the police barricaded and blocked every single exit. So there was absolutely no way out. Oh like there was no way to escape. Uh, they began to loudly bang on doors, shine spotlights, attach the fire trucks into people's homes. They ended up arresting 63 men and taking them to the police station. At dawn, Ness, who was also the safety director for Cleveland, made the order to search and burn down every shack, leaving roughly 300 people homeless. Uh, 
remind me again was he was he a, was he a PI or was he a police person was no. he a police detective so he was the he was like the safety director for Cleveland and he, he was kept everybody really safe burning their homes down yeah like. and he was one of the head investigators too um he after the because I'm I'm starting to remember what we talked about in the last episode after those two bodies were mm-hmm. like placed outside of his window yeah he really took that as like a personal attack on him uh, uh-huh. and so that kind of drove him over the edge into the crazy pool and just <laughs> he, went, crazy he pool. went wild <laughs> he went wild <laughs> um now before this nest was pretty praised in the papers in the papers that was a tongue twister um uh, but that quickly changed obviously because when he you burned down the shanty 300 down. people homeless normally people don't like you very much after that oh um he then tried defending himself by saying he was helping the people of kingsbury run not to be future victims of the killer which I feel like that's gaslighting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. you can get. I mean, <laughs> apparently he just tried to gaslight the entire town of yes. Cleveland. Um, the sixty-three men arrested were taken into the police station and fingerprinted, um, not for the purposes you'd think. Ness wasn't suspicious of them. He just wanted to have their prints in case any of them were the butcher's next victim. Yeah, this yeah, man. Kinda, this, yeah, he kind of a lot of personal. Yeah. 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 Um, oddly enough, killings like killings like the Mad Butcher's mo uh, never occurred in Cleveland again. Really? Yeah, they did elsewhere though. But we'll talk about that later. So hold on, so hold on. <laughs> so, so he burned down the town. Yeah. And the and then the murder, but the murder stopped. Yeah, the killing that. stopped. In Cleveland. In Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. But there's others that may be. Yeah, there's other that may be linked. Um, so our very first suspect in this unsolved case is Dr. Francis Sweeney, suffering from PTSD due to his time serving in World War One and also having some serious issues with alcohol. To make things worse for this guy, he had nerve damage from being gassed during the war. Uh, Dr. Sweeney was at the very top of Elliot Ness's suspect list. He sounds like a Batman villain. Oh, yeah. He totally <laughs> sounds like uh, Cillian Murphy, the Scarecrow. Yes. Like 110%. And yeah. not just because we were talking about... The Scarecrow from Batman <laughs> yes, earlier. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, just because yeah, yeah. we happened to bring him up. Um, let me give some backstory to this man. Sweeney was a surgical resident at St. Alexis, a hospital in Kingsbury Run. He was in and out of the hospital due to his excessive abuse of alcohol. His wife attempted to have him committed to a psychiatric unit on multiple occasions, um, with cause being neglect of his family and medical practice by disappearing for days at a time. In 1934, David, Dr. Sweeney sorry, lost his job. Um, now I'm not accusing him, even though I can, because he's dead. So I can't accuse him of being a murderer. I looked it up. Um, but 1934 is the same year that all these killings started. And you know that they say that a lot of times when you Mm. go through something traumatic, that triggers something in your brain and then causes you to go bonkers and kill people. Yeah, I mean, there's like normally a link, like you lose your job, a long term relationship, some kind of psychotic ends. break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah. a death, stuff like that. I mean, sounds likely to me, but oh, it gets crazier. Elliot Ness um, had him on his own secret suspect list. 
if this man didn't sound crazy yeah. enough. Uh, because Sweeney was the first cousin of Martin Sweeney, an Ohio congressman. After the 10th victim was found, Elliot Ness decided to illegally kidnap Sweeney and trap him no, in a hotel room. No, 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 no. No, you can't. Oh. Um, he was there for over a week being interrogated by Elliot Ness and David <laughs> Cowles. Now, as I said, Sweeney was an alcoholic. So when he was taken, he had just finished like a drinking spree, yeah. like a serious binge. Uh, after taking a few days to sober up, it took him days to sober oh up. Oh my god! Days. Um, to when he could finally answer questions, he did so in riddles and cryptic replies. Because he's a Batman <laughs> villain. Like, what on earth? Batman villain. My brother, who was a big... Um, Cleveland fan because of LeBron, of course. He said that when he went to Cleveland, it was literally like Gotham City, <laughs> which makes this even funnier. Yes. <laughs> um, but it does get horrible. Ness and Cows also beat him in an attempt to get him to confess. So when the when the, all those things didn't work, another man was brought in, Leonard Keeler, the co-creator of the polygraph machine. No. The original co-creator no. of the polygraph machine. You are describing an unreleased Batman film. <laughs> Fully. Batman this is this is the Dark Knight Falls again, you know. This is going to be the sequel to um Robert Pattinson's Batman. Yes. <laughs> I'm the writer. Surprise. Um, They questioned him with the machine and he, for lack of a better word, failed both times. So Mm -hmm. he was like the killer. He was the killer. Uh Uh, But due to the fact that he never truly said anything incriminating, Ness could never really like officially arrest him. Mm. Two weeks after the fire where Ness burned down the shantytown, Dr. Francis Sweeney checked himself into rehab. Um, so there's a few things against this guy, obviously. Uh, he was also huge. Like he was described as being like a very large and powerful man. Mm -hmm. He was also a surgeon. So of course he knows how to surgical precision, butcher stuff. Like he knows how to cut someone up the right way, how to bleed out a body and all that stuff. Um, plus he was also raised in Kingsbury run. So he knows, I mean, he knows that place like anybody knows their hometown. Yeah. So yeah. he knows like all the back roads and all that stuff. Um, and the murders did stop after he was committed. I mean. But I think that the fact that Ness illegally kidnapped him kind of it, really it, screwed like screwed Ness yeah, over. You can't, in the you long can't run. yeah, I mean he's under duress, you know, there's all that stuff about like yeah. when someone's under duress, they'll just say anything to get out of exactly. it. Exactly. You know? And so it's just one of those things where like that just makes a crime scene even messier. Like that makes, because like you can't just go kidnapping people illegally. Yes. If there are any the cops law. who've managed to listen to this podcast and not be <laughs> secretly offended, um, just, yeah. rem- just remember, don't illegally kidnap people and hide them in a hotel for a week. It's not to interrogate a nice them. thing. Treat people with kindness. Yes. Policemen. Yes. I, all people. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, but back from our hair, hair style sponsor, um, <laughs> the next uh, suspect is Frank Dolezal, a Slavic immigrant. Frank Dolezal was 52 at the time of his arrest and was a bricklayer. Mm. Uh, he was linked with three of the known victims, Edward and Dracy, Rose Wallace, and even lived with Flo Poli. <laughs> I forgot to announce her name. 
Polillo. I almost called her Flo Polio. That's not oh, her Oh, no. It's Polillo. Sorry. No. Uh, but yeah, he lived with her for a time. Now, here's where things get a little weird. Um, he was known for having a butcher knife that he carried around with him and threatened people Excuse with. Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> what? This That's was the um, Great Depression. People were different back then, Michael. Yeah, apparently, they're all like coping. <laughs> they're like they're like they're like taking on personas now. I'm the bricklayer, but I have a butcher knife that I carry around. These really do sound like characters. They sound like literally. I'm like I'm like this is like a video game character. These are these are truly <laughs> villains out of like detective novels. Like what on earth? Um, Sheriff Martin O'Donnell went about his arrest legally, unlike an S. After searching Dolezal's apartment, they did find knives and possibly blood stains on the floorboards. Now, Dolezal did, in fact, confess, but his confession was bizarre, and many people believed it to be, like, fully coached out of him. Kind of like, did you ever watch Making a Murderer? I have not. Well, poor Brendan Dancy, don't know if I ever mentioned him in this podcast because I don't remember, that his his confession was completely coached. It made me furious when I watched mm. it. Like, it made me feel so bad for him. He was only 17. They showed up at his high school and was like, did you, did you kill this person? And he's like, so nervous. It's heartbreaking. Mm. But from the sounds of it, that's kind of how this went about. It wasn't probably heartbreaking because this man did carry on butcher knife like for fun. Um, <laughs> that's just like his thing like his quirky little thing okay, that he did okay, i have to tell you um i used to have like a little wooden sword like a short wooden practice samurai sword yes like a practice samurai sword that was uh all black and made of made of like solid wood that i would carry around um i'm a teacher <laughs> um and i would use it to like point to things on the board like jester and be like be like go over there and i'd point with this sword i like carried it around during like rehearsals. But did you like threaten people with it? Not not like intentionally or actively. Yeah, this man like, was like carrying a butcher knife and was like, say something. Say something to, yeah, my, no, say no, to no, my face. Right, right. I'd be like, like I mean, there were times where I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd be like hey, quit doing that. And I'd be like, oh, I'm pointing a yeah, wooden sword at you. don't probably. feel like that's the same. No, probably not. I am not the mad butcher of Kingsbury Run. In you case you were wondering. You definitely alive in 1934. Or was I? No, Are I you wasn't. a vampire? I'm a vampire. This is my confession. That's it what right is it? There. What's that movie with uh, Tom Cruise interview with the vampire? Yes. <laughs> this is it right here. <laughs> this, this is, is it. it. What a great movie. Um, But yeah, they believe, a lot of people believe that his confession was coached um like as if he had been reading off a script like mm. it was that rehearsed uh it was it like super detailed but then he'd go off and start rambling about like nothing that involved the case whatsoever. like he was like going off script then. yeah oh, okay. yeah it was like improv class for him basically <laughs> um what makes his arrest so confusing is that he had previously been questioned a detective under elliot ness had questioned him and nothing of any suspicion came up during his interview hmm. Um, as time went on, the bloodstains were found to actually be animal blood. And Frank also took back his confession with the claim that he had been forced out of him by police. Plus, many, many things he confessed to doing didn't even line up with the case details. Um, but also, like, everyone has knives in their house. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that he just had knives in his house. That's like, like not suspicious. Yeah. yeah. Like if you came into my house, there's knives in there. Yeah. I, I have keep a knife my under house. my under my side of the bed. 
just in case someone breaks into oh, my okay, house. Okay, I don't know how to course. use a gun. <laughs> and so I keep a uh, knife under my bed. Yeah, that And I always sense. keep a knife in my wallet. Yeah. Just what? in case. In your wallet? Normally. There's not one in there right now. It's in my backpack. Oh, yeah. You've got like one of the girl yeah. wallets. Yes. That it's zips. like one of the... And it's like a little compact knife. And I've convinced yeah. myself that if someone attacked me, I could definitely stab them. <laughs> like, I know that without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. I've prepped myself for it. <laughs> this is what women have to think about. <laughs> um, But poor Frank... This gets a lot worse. Oh, no. Frank Dalzal was then found at his jail cell, and he had hung himself. No, Frank. Or had he? Because oh. the details are crazy. Um, one, Frank had multiple broken ribs, six to be exact. He had Whoa. six broken ribs um, that through an autopsy were seen to be from his time in prison. Mm. So like they did his autopsy right after his body was found and the, what is he, I don't remember what the autopsy tech, what they're called. The, nope, no, mortician, whatever. He could see that it was not something that had happened before because right. this was a big burly man. So he right. probably got into fights. He carried on a freaking butcher knife. Yeah. yeah Someone's yeah, going to yeah, punch yeah. him in the face one day. Yeah. So he's been in fights before, but these were like recently broken ribs. Uh-huh. Um, next thing is that Frank was five, eight. So it's an inch taller than me or two inch taller than me. Um, the hook he hung himself on was five feet, seven inches off the ground. Well, that's, he would have to kick his own feet. Yeah, out from yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd have to like hold his and feet up to die. And our natural instinct is, is to put our, just put our feet yeah, down. That seems like a really poor frame job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're, now it just gets so much worse. The police said that Frank was never left alone for longer than three minutes, but the coroner was persistent in the fact that it would have taken 12 minutes for him to die. Sam Gerber, the coroner, did say that his hanging had been a suicide attempt, but the broken ribs had to have been done in police custody. They, of course, denied this and said it happened in a previous suicide attempt. And I literally have in my notes... I call BS. It kind of sounds like some police officers got upset. Exactly. Uh-huh. Because that's my thing is one, our body's natural instinct is to just put our feet down. Like our body's natural instinct is to live. Yeah. And that's really hard to fight. Even if you want to die. Yeah. That's why that, gonna, yeah. that's why not many people drowned themselves to kill themselves. Right. Because your body will just want to breathe. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I, and, You'd have to put like a sandbag on your chest. Like, yeah. this is not a simple task. And the fact that we talked about this in a previous case, the woman, um, the very first female serial killer. Yes, yes. She was hung and it literally took her eight minutes to die. Like, yeah. it takes you some time to hang yourself because you're like, it's asphyxiation. Yeah. You're, yeah. Like suffocating yourself. Yeah. That's not an instant thing. Right. Like if you were to shoot himself. It's like the worst way to kill yourself. Yeah. Like the more I think about it, it's like that's oh a my horrible. God, yeah. It's like, oh gosh, no. Because it takes it takes a at, I think the least amount of time in recorded history is like eight minutes after a hanging someone died. Yeah. And most of the time you pass out and then die. Mm-hmm. And so for him to for them to say that he was alone, like no longer than three minutes. That's bullcrap. Mad sus. Yeah. 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 It's bullcrap. So, yeah. 
That's why. I, that's why. Really, I don't think that he was. I don't think he should really be on the suspect list. And he dated Flo Palillo. And like from the sounds of it, it didn't end badly either. Right, right. Just because he's connected to her doesn't mean... Yeah, that would be like somebody that I know getting murdered and them accusing me, which is, as we all know, my worst nightmare in life. <laughs> okay, short story, and then I'll get back to the third suspect. My husband, Dustin, who I talk about, he recently went to go see somebody. And where we live, you don't have cell phone service everywhere that you go. He went to go see somebody and <clears throat> had accidentally called Jay, who we both know. Um, and then Jay went, like, Jay tried to call him back and he didn't pick up. And so Jay was like, I'm just kind of worried about him. So I was like, okay, I'll give him a call. And then I called him and he didn't pick up. So I was like, okay, I'll wait until midnight because that's when he's supposed to be home. And then I was about to text Jay and just be like, oh, he's home. And then I thought to myself, because I wanted to go to bed. And so I was going to text Jay and just be like, oh, he's home so that nobody had to worry. And then but I he wasn't to, home yet. No, but he wasn't home yet. I thought to myself. Bella's framing herself for a murder. <laughs> what if he doesn't come home? And then I had texted Jay that he was home. And then he just shows up on like the side of the road somewhere. And I literally went into deep detail in my mind and was like, if he dies, I will be a suspect. You will have framed yourself for murder. Exactly. Oh because there's no proof that he was actually home. That is some like real crazy people stuff right there of like, of like, of like, of like, what if I frame myself for murder? That's honest to God, my worst <laughs> nightmare. I'm always so afraid that I'm going to be accused for murder because I know myself. I know that my first instinct, and I've said this before, is going to be to lie because I'm going to be scared because police scare me we even go to church with some cops and they freak me out really yes they're nice people i don't care most of them are really the, even, they're like the quietest people i at can't church. look them in the eyes they're the quietest people at church they just freak me out their cops, wives are triple the volume level cops terrify me <laughs> oh my gosh uh. so i know that i would lie um 110%. I'd have to have some really good character. Like, what is that called? Um, Character witnesses? Yes. I would have to have go. the best character <laughs> witnesses ever. Um, Because I would make myself look so oh guilty. Oh, my gosh. So suspect number three, Willie Johnson. Which sounds like a made-up name. I was about to say. That's like a, my... I, I teach middle school. A middle schooler wrote this portion. <laughs> <laughs> um... But this alone is a really terrifying story, honestly. Oh, I told no. you, I told you in the last episode, I remember that these next episodes are dark. Um, and I wasn't lying. June 28th, 1942, a man was seen dropping a trunk under a bridge in Kingsbury Run. What? He then hopped into a cab, uh, the, the cab he came from, and drove away. A girl had seen this occur and went to the police. While they made their way there, three boys opened the trunk and found a torso of a woman inside. Uh. Uh, the police then found her head and arms in a bushes nearby. Willie Johnson was caught with the help of the cab driver and arrested. When they searched his home, they discovered the victim, Margaret Francis, a 19-year-old prostitute. They found her leg in the house. Ew. Yeah. Johnson had a history. So it was the same body. Yeah, but same they body. Found, so they found arms and head elsewhere, found her leg in his house. Yeah. Ew. 
Um, Johnson had a history of crime being arrested for highway robbery as well as being questioned in a murder case in Indiana. What makes someone jump from like, I'm doing robbery to like, you know, doing some murder and then to go, let's go all the way to, I'm going to keep this woman's leg in my house. Okay. So I've thought about this before, like highway robbery and stuff. I think you hit a moment of desperation where you don't know what else to do or like, especially some of these people, you just have a lot of pent up aggression. Yeah. And so I can see how some people, especially like women, it's not that common, but a man just gets really angry. Yeah. Don't know what else to do with it. And man hit like social emotional learning. Everybody come on. Um, and I can see that, but it's the, okay. This is the arch where I'm like, this is weird. Him keeping her leg. Jeffrey Dahmer eating people. Yeah. Admit like, Taking that turn yeah, is like... There's a, like a sadistic turn that people take where I'm like... Yeah. I almost want to like go to school for psychology and be like, what causes people to take this yes. turn? Yes. Because like murder, accidental murder, like when yeah. Daisy runs over that lady in the car in The Great Gatsby, mm-hmm. accidental, she probably will never do it again. Tom probably would. Sorry, I'm not getting into my Gatsby theories <laughs> over here. Oh my gosh. Um... Like that stuff, I can see how it could be accidental, like mm-hmm. crime of passion, things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. when you take the turn for like eating a human. Yeah, because like, it takes a, like, a lot of, of like calculated, body. intentional, like. Yeah. And I think that maybe, I mean, maybe there's some sort of like sick fascination that's happening. Because it's like, yeah. I think that there's like, I mean, to kill somebody, to choose to kill somebody, I think it it kind of tears at someone kind of mind and soul. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, there's a break that happens there because like, we're not surprised. We're not supposed to kill people. Yeah. And so I think maybe some break happens there and there's maybe some kind of sick fascination that happens in there yeah. that makes somebody go, I guess I'm keeping this now or I'm Almost eating this like now. when you have like um, intrusive thoughts yeah. and they're just acting on, the, yeah. on their intrusive thoughts. I think thoughts. that's maybe what's happening. There's yeah. just a break, like the boundary of what, you know, there's a total violation of a person. Yeah. Maybe some kind of break has happened and now they're like, well, I guess we just do these things now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, so Willie Johnson tried coming up with an alibi but failed because he said he woke up after an argument and discovered Margaret cut up on the floor. Nice alibi, bro. Yeah. Just woke up and she was there. (laughs) Um, Then he did confess. Then he took it back and claimed the whole randomly cut up thing was the real story. He then tried to claim someone paid him $25 to ditch the body somewhere. But the person he named had already been questioned and was like in no way a real suspect. Um, He was then sentenced to death and electrocuted. Like... Mm-hmm. executed in an electric chair the fact that he would drop off a body for 25 dollars it makes him this I love is that he's another like, level of desperation right, right which right, i mean right. inflation you don't yeah, know how much it a lot costs. more now but like yeah but still even if someone offered me 500 dollars, i'm not dropping off their dead body right. anywhere well, and i just love that he thinks it's reasonable like like yeah. i'm a good person I didn't do that. I just dropped off the body for $25. Yeah. This guy paid me $25 and was like, here, take this trunk somewhere. And I was like, okay. Right. It's like, if that's your gauge of like, that's my good, per- I'm, that's my I'm innocent statement. Yeah. Something not okay with you. And I love how he says, yeah, blacked out. <laughs> and she was just there, cut up on the floor. Yeah, not good. Like, 
I can come up with a better alibi than that. Like this, yeah. which again is concerning. So was there like anything that made this particular murder different from the Mad Butcher murders that you know of? The way that he killed? Yeah, yeah. Well, because like... like From the... Uh, yeah. From like the reports? I can fully believe that someone just like killed and cut up somebody and it's a separate yeah. thing. So yeah, from the reports, um, almost all of the Mad Butcher's victims were drained of blood and this one wasn't. Okay. Because okay. like to be... Okay, I've talked to my mom about this. To be drained completely of your blood, especially when you're cutting at that like carotid artery... Mm -hmm. Um, really wouldn't take super, super long, but the fact that he allowed blood to be at the crime scene was completely off kilter for mm -hmm. the Mad Butcher's MO. Yeah. And so, and the fact that like he, they questioned him on the other crimes and he was like, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, he could have lied, but he sounded pretty stupid. He sounds like he's honestly. not a good liar. Yeah, he sounds really dumb. Yeah. And so to be the mad butcher, and especially to lay out like the bodies the way that he did, you had to have. Yeah. You had to be kind of conniving, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that not is. Put the body in the trunk, hide the other parts in the bushes, keep one for a souvenir. And then hop back in your taxi. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah. Those were our three. And now we're getting into conspiracy theories. <laughs> yes. Um, some do believe that the Cleveland Torso Killer killed up to 20 people. One name that comes up with these crimes is the Black Dahlia. Do you know who that is? That sounds really familiar, but I do not. Tell me. Um, now I have a feeling that some of our listeners, especially if you're really into true crime, you probably do know who this is. Uh, but for those of you who don't, listen to our season finale because we're going to be briefly mentioning the Black Dahlia. Yay. But Michael, I will go into it a little bit with you. Um, honestly, the Black Dahlia murders were, it makes me really sad how over like sensationalized they are because this was just a woman who wanted to be an actress and her body was horribly violated and oh. she got like the permanent smile cut into her face. Oh, her body gosh. was cut up. She was like sexually violated. Like our season finale is going to be really dark. Everybody just to give you a heads up. Um, and it's a really sad story that I'll talk to you more after we finish recording, but it's, one of like when I was a kid, I heard about this case. And when I say kid, I was like 15. Um, and it literally like kept me up the night that wow. I heard it because she like her body was cut up. She was just left in, I think like on the side of the road. And mm. it's, it's really sad. It's really sad. Wow. I mean, all of these victims, it's honestly super sad. And the fact that we really don't know, because as you guys know, whenever I talk about serial killers on the podcast, I really like to talk about the victims more so because I think the serial killers kind of get their name out there too much yeah. anyways. Um, but for a lot of Mad Butcher's victims, we will never know their names. Right. We it will was never just know a torso. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that, I think that's the most heartbreaking thing. But that is the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. Who do you think did it? Oh, totally... I think Dr. Sweeney did it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to agree with that. The most ridiculous. Dolezal, I don't think, did it. I think that people... I think cops were just pissed off at him because he got away with a bunch of crap. Um, because he kind of was like... 
a jerk. Like yeah. he did walk around with a butcher knife. Yeah. And from the other reports that I read, he like would threaten police officers, but I they really couldn't do anything like about it. was like an obvious choice. Yeah. Weird guy carrying a butcher knife around. Of course he butchered the people, but really the yeah. evidence doesn't line up. And I, I and I felt bad for him because like they beat the crap out of him and then killed him. Like I'm convinced that the Cleveland Police Department killed him. Yeah, I think so. The 1934 Cleveland Police Department or whatever you. We're not anti the 2021 today, just because we don't know one. you. <laughs> yes. Um, and I definitely don't think that Willie Johnson did it because that man was stupid. <laughs> I think of the three, the first one makes the most sense. It's also yeah. possible that it just we'll just never know. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, that was the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. I definitely also agree with that. I think that Dr. Sweeney is the most obvious one to have done it. I think so. Because he was a surgeon. He knew... Okay. And that's one thing I didn't really go into. When you know your hometown, like, yeah. you know those back roads, you know how to get in and out, like, quick. Yeah. You know, like, if there's a parade in town, you know how to get around it. Yeah. Like, you know your hometown. And the fact that he grew up in Kingsbury Run... I mean, that's another thing that leads me to believe that it was 100% him. Oh, yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I just want to say that my, a bunch of my students listen to your podcast. I teach middle school here, you guys. Yeah. A bunch of my students, they listen to your podcast. And so they'll be really excited to hear, I'm here. This is me. <laughs> also, sixth grade students, why on earth are you listening to this? Why? Why? If you want to grow up to be like Belle, just ask yourself. Why? Why, though? Do I want to be this woman talking about murders in the dead of night? Do I? Do I, though? If you if do, you it's okay. If you do, check out my Patreon <laughs> next year, where I'll be talking about cults with Michael again, because yes. he grew up in a town that was right literally, next to a cult. Literally some of the higher ups, should I tell this? I'm going to tell this. Some of the higher ups <laughs> of the cult lived next, lived, they still live next door to my parents. And for years they owned an RV that they used to, to transfer people in and out. Like people would come and just stay in the RV for a couple of months or years at a time, just until they found a place to live in our town as they were trying to slowly take it over. What a perfect teaser for Colts and Cupcakes, which will be exclusively Patreon content coming January, 2022. Yay. Um, but as you guys know, you can follow us on Instagram at AM and pod. Follow us on Twitter at AM and pod one, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Appalachian Monsters and Mysteries, and like us on Facebook, which is also Appalachian Monsters and Mysteries. Michael, where can we follow you? I, Do you want to be followed? I don't know. <laughs> I exist on TikTok as uh, Kimchi Burning Heart, um, and that's where you'll find me. With uh, and you'll see cute videos of my middle school students. They doing, seriously are the cutest. Do, doing like TikTok dances and uh, random other stuff. <laughs> um, and that's about all that I do right now. Yay! Yeah. Well, that was another episode. Also, you can email us AppalachianMM at Gmail. We're really happy to be back. We missed you guys very much. We uh, have read all of your emails and messages asking what happened to us. Um, we did not have a death in the family, as some of you thought we did. It might have seemed that way since we were literally MIA, but we're back now. All right. Bye. That's all. <laughs> See ya.